This episode of the Golf Guide podcast is brought to you by, who knew? Golf Guide and GolfGuide.net. That's right, everybody. Visit GolfGuide.net and save 20 to 70% off greens fees on courses across the state of California, as well as the beautiful states of Oregon and Nevada as well. Uh, We're going through some pretty serious changes, which are quite exciting in my own opinion. Uh, We're building a brand new website where you'll be able to search for golf using pretty much any parameter you can think of to find exactly the kind of golfing experience that you're looking for. That's golfguide.net. Find the golf you need and save 20 to 70% in the process. Again, golfguide.net. Also, be on the lookout for the upcoming issue of Golf Guide magazine, which should be available at golf courses across the West Coast beginning in the middle of April. Some really cool stuff that we're going to have in there as well. So, Golf Guide magazine and golfguide.net. Find the golf you need. And now, Another episode of the Golf Guide Podcast. Well, I was going to say, this is really strange with this whole daylight savings thing. You know, getting into the, uh, the old studio here and it's still being light outside makes me feel a little bit like a jackass because I feel well, like I should be out playing golf right now. That's exactly right. <laughs> that's exactly right. We need to be golfing. Yeah, some asshole inside talking about golf when he could easily just walk out the door and be playing it makes makes me feel a little bit like a poser. I get trapped in this cycle where... I'm not playing golf very well because I don't play enough, and then I'm demoralized, and I don't want to go hit balls because I don't know what the hell I'm doing, and I need a lesson, and and so I sit here, and I'm I'm wasting what is really a prime opportunity to go hit balls, but I'm not wasting it for nothing because I'm here doing this podcast. That's true. Now, with your job situation as it is now and may will be transitioning to here in coming weeks, if, theoretically speaking... If I was to approach you and say, hey, I'm going to see my instructor on a Friday morning from 8 until 9 o'clock, you can come along if you want. Would you be able to swing it? Where is this instructor? Oh, this instructor may be at a golf course in a town directly north of the city in which we reside. I see. I probably could swing that. Okay. My supervisor at the upcoming job is luckily... A golf fanatic of the highest order. So yes. if I'm at a club s- in the same said town yes. as the, the the club in which I receive my instruction at, yeah, I could skip work for that sooner than I could for like, you know, the birth of a child. I'm sure. sure. So sure. I, I, it shouldn't be a problem. <laughs> I just have to give him whatever tips that I get. Oh, that's fair enough. All right. Well, that, that that's good. So next next time I go up, which hopefully is in the next couple of weeks, will he do a duo lesson and I can pay <laughs> my part? You don't need to pay anything. Yes, I do. We work at Golf Guide here at Kasem. At Golf Guide, we have wonderful relationships with a numerous amount of lovely teaching professionals in this immediate area as well as the rest of the state of California. And if we're going to go visit them, it would be my honor to bring you as our guest to kind of get you a little bit of insight. And, you know, when when will you stop treating me so well? I, I don't ever plan on doing that. Oh my god! That just that just seems crazy to me. It's just too nice. That just that just seems crazy. I'm gonna gaff, I'm gonna have to get you a a really nice wedding gift. Well, even though that's uh, that that sort of thing is not officially on the books yet, you know, you you probably won't have to wait too too long for that to be the case. So it's uh, that, that's good. 
<laughs> um, that wasn't a nervous laugh, by the way. That was me passionately thinking about the love that I have for my significant other. <laughs> anyway, welcome to a Golf Guy <laughs> podcast, everybody. <laughs> um, I'm here with my lovely co-host of sorts, Mr. Kasem. Kasem. Yes, yes. I screw up sometimes, but not all the time. Nah, you know, I think you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, when, whenever you might, you might me and my to. glorious gal pal decide to kind of, uh, you know, tie the knot together, which will certainly be the case, I'm sure at some point, you're more than welcome to get us as lavish of gift as you feel necessary. Uh, you know, there is a, a crock pot that I've had <laughs> my eye on for you guys. And anyway, uh, we digress. So uh, what's going on, man? This, uh, it's been like 10 days. My God. Uh, since we jumped in here in the Udio, I last uh, yeah. a, a little bit of golf's been going on. I mean, at least in the PGA Tour, there's been some golf happening. I've played a little bit of golf since I saw you last. You, uh, I haven't you, played any golf. Well, you made it up to Reno for the opening. Jesus uh, Christ! The opening two rounds of the NCAA tournament. How'd it go? Yeah, I never. You know, I've never been the best gambler <laughs> in general. Well. Except for golf, you're 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 no. pretty good at gambling on golf. No, that's not true. I have I've never made a dime on okay. golf, but I'm always not including times you've bet on Henrik Stenson. You're pretty good at betting on golf. I, I've won golf bets before, but but I usually make long shot golf bets, and they come in pretty well. But but I don't win them. I'm going for a big score with golf. Right. I bet winner, which I think if you're betting on golf, that's the right way to do it. It depends. You, you, I think that there's room for every kind of strategy. It depends on what you're really looking for. Mm-hmm. You know, I I I came pretty close on winning Matsuyama at the ma- I mean, he he didn't ever have a chance of winning the tournament, but right. I had Matsuyama at uh, it was sixty six or eighty to eighty to one at the Masters last year, and he, he came in fifth. Yeah, he put five bucks on it. All t- yeah, and I had Mark Leishman at like mm, eighty Mr. to Leishman. eighty to one to win the Masters, and he had the lead in the second round and missed the cut. Thanks, thanks for nothing, asshole. <laughs> what a dick bag. And so, uh, you know, I was so excited. I was looking at, I was getting text messages from my brother who placed the bet for me. He's like, Leishman. And then, and an hour later, the guy was, the guy was in a, a, a gobbling a, a bag of dick somewhere the, the, on the, the guy corner. Was a, the guy was eating pork rinds in a town car going to the airport. So, that, so I definitely don't have a great track record of success with that. The one, the one event that I've ever had success, I won, I won a fantasy football league one year. But the only other real success I've had is with this basketball tournament. I won a, a very good amount of money two years ago, which mm-hmm. is the last time I I went to Reno and gambled. So I'm like, okay, of course it's going to happen again. And I went, and Kyle, I lost. I I, I won one wager. I won one wager. One. And I lost about seven or eight wagers, and they were two-way parlays, Ugh. so they are not even money. They're you should only win, you you can win way less than half of them and still make a profit. But I lost all of the ones that I placed in the casino. I won one online. Of all the wagers that you placed that ended up folding, Ugh. which one were you the most? I'll tell you. Most disappointed. First about? First of all, this was the worst part about it. This tournament was this tournament's been fucking crazy, and they said it was going to be. But I, I had a bracket it, where Michigan State was winning the whole thing. Yeah, so did most people. Well, fuck me in the butt, right? Like this. Is the, the first of all, the casinos have made a killing on this tournament yeah, so far. Totally. The Michigan State thing is a big reason. The Michigan why. State thing single handedly probably put Vegas in in, yeah. in the black, regardless of everything else that happens. Absolutely, right? yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, the uh, yeah, what's even more demoralizing is they weren't even close losses for me like i got smoked <laughs> on almost all these bets they were nowhere near coming in they were literally the opposite 
of what the proper bets would have been, of course. Sure. But the one that, that sticks in my craw is... <laughs> uh, Y'all crowd? I had a two-way parlay with Miami covering uh, against whoever the fuck they played in the second round. And, don't know. Uh, don't care. Go ahead. And then Yale uh, to cover oh. against Duke. And so Yale went down 27... And they were they they were getting they were getting six and a half. They went down twenty seven, and they played like garbage. And then, <gasps> then they came back, and they they had it. They had the cover. They they were they had the cover. They barely. Covered? It was it was ba- yeah barely. But then Duke made some free throws, and they they took a seven point lead, and mm. uh, then. That's Yale. just cruel. Yale was coming down the floor with, you know, 10 seconds to go. And they had a layup that they took instead of a you know, contested three or something. They went down there and just missed it. And then, <laughs> I, actually, this was with, I don't even remember the exact scenario, but they they were in the cover at that point. But then they missed this layup. And then, of course, they foul. And Duke makes both free throws. And, and I missed the cover by a point. Ugh. And so that was money right out the door that is uh that no would have bueno. yeah no bueno. so that was the closest call the rest of it was really just heinous losses like taking i was telling i was so drunk i was telling people the whole day that the spurs are going to cover against the warriors because the warriors are coming off a game they just played the night before and the spurs mm-hmm. and it's and the under is going to come in and i don't even know if the over under i don't know what happened with that but i think the under did come in and that the Spurs were going to cover, and so, of course, what do I do? I bet on the Warriors because I get emotional. Because so I wanted, I took the Warriors plus four, and of course they got their asses totally kicked. And then <laughs> I, I was like, oh Utah, you know, getting point and a half, and then they lost by thirty. Utah to Gonzaga, so that that bet didn't work out either. Wow. Anyway, it was a bloodbath. It's we got s- we got about seventy free drink tickets though. That is good. Yeah, that, that makes up for a financially destructive weekend in Reno. It was horrible. <laughs> it was so depressing. <laughs> so depressing. And the one the one game that was exciting was this Yale game that ended up going south. And we all, my brother almost got in a fight with this old man during the game because we were excited when Yale was making the comeback. Right. And the guy next to my brother this this ass de- hat over decrepit here just... decrepit old man who's as drunk as hell also had a thousand dollars on Duke. To cover oh and he was upset about our exuberance <laughs> when yale was coming back so that almost turned south but did he apologize to you and buy you drinks there, there was, the was there over? were there were mutual apologies exchanged okay. by everybody it all it all everybody ended, ended a, up being civil and then when when everything was all said and done it wrapped up in a, in a masculine uh brotherly fashion oh wonderful it did wonderful well that's good as as members of the golf community we pride ourselves on being you know masculine and forthcoming and courteous. Uh, I do. I do recommend the Peppermill Casino in Pepper Reno. Mill's, the Peppermill is actually a nice spot. It's really nice. An underrated it, bachelor party location, by the way. I bet it's excellent for bachelor parties. Very, very good. The Peppermill's got a good book, and and, and the the uh, room prices are very reasonable. Yeah. Free uh, plug. Peppermill Casino. Peppermill Casino. Right on. Hang out. Yeah. Nice. So, but overall, even though with all the lost money, was the weekend in Reno at least a little fun? And kind of, I I need to win money for it to be fun. <laughs> to tell you the truth, like I like to come back from going to to Nevada with 
with uh, the trip paid for and all the money that I took back in my pocket. That's right. And that did not happen. Well. Quite the contrary. I was picking up uh, change uh, off the parking lot today just to, <laughs> just to try to afford a slice of pizza. That's how bad it was. <laughs> I I have to admit, man, like I, I had buddies, you know, as is typically the case when, when March rolls around, buddies fucking hassling me to fill out a bracket when I have watched a grand total of 45 seconds of college basketball all season of course so i just fill out a bracket just being you know doing the female thing was i like this color this mascots are good yada 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 and i just got just trucked yes speaking of i'm assuming though because i haven't even looked at my bracket because i just don't it's gonna be bad care believe me it'll be bad yeah speaking of getting trucked you lured me into a fantasy baseball league i did and i'm not I'm not totally upset with my picks. Can but I be honest with you? I know nobody who's listening to this podcast probably gives one single fuck about our fantasy baseball league. But we'll I make w- it quick. I would like to tell you, I, I took a look at your roster. Really like it. I think it's strong on I, offense. I made a couple of mistakes, but I think I'm your not... arms are strong. I, I, I think you had a very very nice draft. I think Thank you did you. very well. Thank you, Kyle. I. I, I I made a couple I even of saw mistakes. You, I even saw you snake a couple of picks that I w- had my eye on that I was planning on making when uh, it came around to my turn. Um, Probably I, my, my little shortstop, buddy. I, I, I thought you had a great draft. Anyway. I thought it was really, really yeah, good. Yeah, well, I, I loaded up on pitching once all the good hitting was gone. Your Francisco Lindor selection at, uh, at shortstop. That's, I, what, I'm, that's I, what I'm talking about. I was not, uh, that, that's not the one that oh, I was. Oh, you don't like Lindor. I, I think he's fine. Lindor Truffle. Uh, it, it was the it was the pitchers that you selected that ended up. Um, well, I've got an I've, I went for the the aces galore because once I had my picks come back around, all the good hitters were gone. So I decided. But that's the right move. You you, you best, I, I best cu- available is the way that you win fantasy leagues: I, football, that's, baseball, that's basketball. Right, that's right. Um, when you took Chris Archer and Mike Fires, those are the ones that I was like. Uh. And I've got Bumgarner and Carrasco, right? So it's which looking... are both, but those were the guys because I wanted an ace. I just needed one, and those were the two guys that were falling that I figured I might be able to grab at a discount. But you snagged them right in front of me, which is good. And I've got what's his name with the Yankees, who I've, I'm optimistic about. The oh, Luis Severino. Yes, yes. So no, anyway, I think your team is very good. Here's um, what I need to say though: you told me that the buy-in was going to be like. I still have, I, I I make the ultimate decision as to how much the buy-in is. Yeah, but you should go with the majority. No, this is my league. I built this. There's this a lot is of, my empire. There's a lot of consternation in the league, by the way. There's a lot of angry guys out there. There's always angry guys. They they want to pe- They want to be me. They they want to be the Don Juan. They want to be a two-time champion like I am, but they just can't be because they suck. And therefore, now how how were you anointed? Commissioner, because I am the creator of the league. I see. I am the founder. There's a lot of anger out there toward your imperial management style. People are a little envious because not only did I found the league and I built this empire, which everybody is so thankfully a part of, I've won it twice, come close another few times, and you know, people. It's it's the same thing with the Giants, the San Francisco Giants, the Seahawks. Oddly, not so much in golf. Golf seems like the one exception where people hate whoever is doing the best. You know, like in, in baseball, when the Giants have won three out of five, you know, three out of six now, if you want, people don't want the Giants to win anymore. They're tired of them winning. Golf, on the other hand, when somebody gets really, really gets going, you have a Tiger Woods in the in, in the two, early 2000s, or p- 
people, when someone is really hitting their stride, people want them to keep winning, which is so interesting because it's so different from all the other major sports in America. Jordan Spieth, everybody, I shouldn't say everybody because I was kind of pulling for Mark Leishman and Zach Johnson, but most people wanted Jordan Spieth to win the, the British Open last year. Golf is a sport where, ideally, you are rooting for everyone. Right. So when somebody is succeeding and they've got a chance to do something unique or historic you are rooting for it totally. although quite frankly i do have to admit i wasn't necessarily wanting spieth to win the grand slam because you, you don't really want, want anybody him to do something that you don't Tiger want any, couldn't do no not that it's that you, you might not want anybody to ever win it because it it's mm. part of the the difficulty of the sport right it keeps it special like what if somebody wins the grand slam in golf then it's great for them but all of a sudden one of the most difficult things to achieve in sports that nobody ever thought could really be done. Mm-hmm. Now it's done, and then the majors lose a little bit of zip. I guess you're right. And not that the majors will ever, ever lose zip, but it's better when it remains undone. Yeah. Okay, I get that. Well, I, I, I just think it's odd that, at least for me personally, I, I don't get, other than when my team is winning, like when the San Francisco Giants are winning World Series championship after World Series championship and even years, you know, other than me, the majority of baseball fans throughout America don't want the Giants to win anymore. Baseball the same fans way that in America hate the Giants. Most people They're very in the NFL, the Giants. most people fucking hate the New England Patriots. Of course. They don't want them to win anymore. They've done too no. much winning. No, they they suck. And, you know, hockey, people don't want the Blackhawks to win anymore. No. They're, they're, they've no, won no, enough no. fucking Stanley it's, Cups. We've they, had enough of that. But golf seems like that one sport yeah. where... Well, it's not about not partisan. It's not about partisan geography so much. Right. I mean, maybe if there were a golfer from some hostile nation, everybody would. If or, Ricky Fowler was from Boston and he actually knew how to win majors, and he was like, "Fuck all of y'all, Boston. Fuck you guys." Ricky Fowler. Ricky Fowler. Fuck are you? Here's my middle finger. Yeah. Everybody would hate Ricky Fowler, but because there yeah, are some, there are some golfers, it's, it's not. There are some golfers I could think of who I wouldn't want to win a lot of tournaments. <laughs> um. Would you care to share one? I, I mean, Charles Schwartzel, who who won a couple of weeks ago, he's kind of a dick. I don't really know much about Charles Schwartzel. I mean, he obviously he won the Valspar two weeks ago. Couldn't care less about Charles Schwartzel. And, and I, I guess that's my... And nobody needs Adam, That's me not caring, nobody not needs, wanting him to win, because I just don't care. Nobody needs Adam Scott to win anything, because he's already won the lottery of life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> There's other Incredibly guys. Incredibly handsome man. Major winner. Get it. Does does Adam, is Adam Scott married? Does he have kids? I sh- certainly hope not. Yeah, I have it'd no be, idea. Be a huge mistake. Well, it's that kind of a testament to him that he's kind of just that I don't know that he doesn't shove it in people's faces. That's pretty nice. Nobody cares. I mean, he's so boring. Also, he's yeah. Anyway, anyway, there's digress. other guys. There's other guys who are more hateable, but they're not as good. So yes. not worth bringing up. Well, anyway, I'll go back on track here. So since uh, it's been about ten days since uh, we last got together and got to talk a little golf. The Valspar happened. Charles Schwartzer won over Billy Haas. I like the I like the golf course. I do too. Um, but other than that, don't really give a shit about the Valspar Championship. I watched, I watched some of the tournament, and it was it was all right. Um, yeah, but more, you know, it's been so long ago. Who can even remember back yeah. that far? Now, more recently, the Bay Hill, Arnie's tournament. Jason Day Just prevailed as the victor uh, over... Troy Merritt, right? Troy Merritt uh, was a couple strokes back. And Kevin Chapel. And Kevin Chapel, correct. UCLA, fight, fight, fight. Fight, fight, fight. Go Bruins. Um, 
Yeah. Thoughts on Jason Day finally getting back in the winner's circle after taking all those weeks and weeks and I'm, even I'm, months off of swinging a golf club. I'm impressed. Very, feel... very impressed. Right after the end of last season, he, you know, and, and for good reason, of course, he was my pick for the Masters. Sure. And he's always been a good pick for the Masters, even before he won a major. Totally. And he's the right pick again. Uh, it, it would be insane, I think, to pick anybody but him to win the Masters as a favorite. Mm-hmm. Even Bubba? Bubba's the next one I would pick. Spieth, you, you never can overlook and Spieth steps up but he, he's got the clutch gene a little bit for sure but Spieth's been sputtering a little bit he's he's playing too many tournaments he's tired uh, he's not making all the putts that he's been making lately interesting well and McElroy he he doesn't have a great track record at Augusta by his standards uh so other than those and you know Phil you can't count on him right so it definitely is Day and Watson for the the class of the field there. Okay. Well, this this transitions nicely into our next little thing. So, um, because it's that time of the year, the Masters is only two weeks away. No, I, say, I, say that again for me, Kyle. Masters is just say over it slow. two oh. deliciously oh sumptuous oh. weeks away. Oh, oh yes. Oh, oh yes. Oh. Augusta yes. National. The Masters. That was a pretty shitty rendition yeah, of the was, Masters theme. Was that theme. supposed to be the Masters theme? That's terrible. Ter- that. oh, there we go. Now I get it. Okay. Okay. All right. You got it. All right. Well, a week ago, Alan Shipnick, who's uh, one of the senior writers at Golf Magazine, uh, Sports Illustrated's golf publication, um, he put a article out, which is dated on Wednesday, March the 16th, so just a little less than a week ago, uh, kind of giving his updated take on who's got the best shot to win the green jacket at Augusta. And uh, I'd like to just read you the first couple of sentences from it because I think it really accurately represents how you and I probably both feel about um, the Florida swing coming to a conclusion. And that he reads, quote, Okay, that's it. I've had enough. The Florida swing is supposed to clarify the master's picture, but three weeks in, things are more muddied than ever. This always figured to be the most wide-open masters of the 21st century, but who could have guessed that five former champions would have already won tour events this year, or that the defending champ and his big three cohorts would look so vulnerable? Which is odd, because Jordan Spieth, up until about a month ago, People still would have said that he's easily the master's favorite. Now I hear you saying Jason Day with Bubba as a close second. I'm thinking the same thing. I'm not sure which, you know, I'm not sure which one I'd have one and two, but Jason Day and Bubba Watson are certainly my two favorites to win the Masters this year. Um, but then he kind of goes through the, kind of the top contenders, gives a brief synopsis of why they think he'll win or why he won't, and then their made-up odds that they have for that particular player. Jordan Spieth, world number one. Why he'll win, he's already shown an uncanny ability to peak for the game's most important moments. Yeah? Haven't there been important moments in 2016 that he hasn't stepped up and won other than the the Hyundai? It's not so much that there have been important moments in 2016 that he hasn't won, but he did have a reputation for a while as a guy who didn't finish, believe it or not. I mean, nobody even remembers that because he was so awesome. And he's won so many times. But he did used to have that reputation as a guy who didn't finish. Obviously, 
you know, it was just a matter of time. And he's a guy who can finish. He he held off Justin Rose at the Masters uh, and Mickelson. They've both played pretty well, and and Spieth played better. But Spieth simply is just not playing as well as he was going into the Masters last year. Didn't totally. he pl- finish second the tournament before the Masters last year? I'm I'm not sure, but I I, I can't I, I I don't know. I think he rode in hot, right? And uh, he might heat up yet again. I, I don't know if he's playing again before the Masters. I think he probably is, but I don't know. Well, Alan, uh, Sh- Alan Shipnick in his article saying why he won't win the Masters this year um, is that lately he's been fucking grouchy. And he's been he grouchy. grouchy with his caddy and on social media. He did a good Sports Center commercial. Did you see it? I did see it. Although I saw something from the Mediocre Golfers Association saying they produced an exa- a replica commercial like a year ago. Of you know something where somebody was having a caddy to help them eat or something in a cafeteria. Uh, anyway, I digress. The ESPN commercial was great. Yeah, and I it was like really it. good. I, I like I, it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I, I brought our publisher Rick in to take a look at it, and he fucking started you know, belly laughing it's in the good. middle of the office, and it was it was pretty good. And he says, but he says of Jordan Spieth, the Masters is not exactly a place to regain one's equanimity. Five dollar word. Boom. Yeah, Jesus. Uh, he puts his made-up odds to win the Masters at four to one. What does that seem? That this seems... guy doesn't work in Vegas. <laughs> four to one. Four to one seems insane. That's ridiculous. That seems incredible. Now the next guy he has on his list is Bubba. Okay. Bubba's odds are better than four to one, which is pretty wild. Should anybody be better than four to one to win any given golf tournament, unless their name's Tiger Woods in the years two thousand? Right, no, they like, shouldn't. No, I, I don't think so either. It's insane. And his rationale for why he thinks Bubba will win is that he's already done it twice, mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. He's playing some of the best golf of his life right now, and no course suits his game more so than Augusta National. It's true. I mean, he, he is the best suited for that golf course. But he says he won't win it because he's still Bubba, Mercurial, and... Yeah, you don't know if, if it's being gonna a be heavy those... favorite won't be good for his nerves. You don't know if it's going to be one of those weeks where he just is in a sour mood and he right. decides to to not care. And the big risk with him always is, oh, I don't like this golf course, and mm-hmm. then he never plays well. Right. Um, but he does obviously like the golf course, and you saw the way he manhandled it the last time he won. It was right. it was insane. He uh, just. I find it really shake hard. the whole golf course down. I find it really hard not to bet. I, I bet on him a couple of years or last year as well. Right. Um, and he, I don't remember how he did, but he just certainly didn't win. But I find it very hard not to bet on him every year. Yeah. At the Masters. Totally. But their made up odds for him are at two to one. Yeah. Forget it, please. This is why even put odds for that. That's I, insane. I don't. Yeah, I don't get it. Perhaps his, I'll just his odds in Vegas have to be ten to one. I'll tell you what the odds are for the rest of them, just because I've done it for the first two. But take it with a grain of salt. All these odds are horseshit. Like right. uh, these, these are just forget it. Yeah, these are just uh, the Charles Schwartzel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he won the Masters. You know why he'll win after his victory at the Valspar? The U.S. golf media was trumpeting Schwartzel's W as his first since taking the green jacket. To me, that doesn't seem like a good omen. No. That the guy hasn't won a fucking Potter tournament Harrington since 2000. last year. I don't think he's winning the Masters. No, I don't think he's winning the Masters. And Schwartz won the Masters before. He's a very good player. He is steely. He's a tough guy. But uh, how can you pick him over many of the other players? Absolutely. And, and Alan Shipman adds why he won't win. He's not even the best enigmatic South African. That's true. Which is completely true. I mean, Louis Oosthuizen. Oosthuizen's the man. He is he's the my, man. He's my boy. I, I, I like me some Louis. I Louis do too. is is tremendous. I I never find myself 
ever rooting against Louis. And anytime he's in contention, I'm pro Ustazen to I'm, the max. Well, I mean, when when it came down to the playoff in last year's British Open, even though I referenced it before, between Zach Johnson, uh, Leachman, and Ustazen. I love Zach Johnson, but I love Louis Oosthuizen. I would have been just as happy if Louis had won, maybe sure. even more so than than yeah, Zach Johnson won. Absolutely, Louis Oosthuizen is fantastic. Um, so yeah, Charles Schwartzel, maybe we'd be bummed out if he won. They have him at nine to one for their made up odds, but that just seems fucking dumb. He's he should only, be at least thirty five or forty to one. He reminds me of of like some pirate. <laughs> from the 1800s, 1700s. Like, I don't know. Uh, he just, he's got a very pointy face. He's pointy. It kind of cre- creep, creeps me out a little he's bit. He's pointy and his posture is almost too good. Yeah. It's like very, he's so upright he's almost leaning backwards. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. All right. Anybody Sc- else notice that? Screw you, Charles. Um, yeah, his name is Charles, by the way. Yeah. What I've had it with the lack of the rest of the name. Yeah. Just, yeah. Anyway. Let's move on. Enough about Charles Schwartzel. Louis Oosthuizen. Why he'll win. He became one of golf's premier big game hunters, finishing second at both of last summer's Opens, the U.S. and the British. And were it not for Bubba Watson's absurd hook shot from the trees, Oosthuizen would have likely prevailed at the 2012 Masters. You can't trust him because sometimes he just is off mm-hmm. for the week. Yeah. A little too inconsistent. He's a little hot cold. Yeah. Um, but a hot Louis Oosthuizen is hard to bet against. And he withdraws from tournaments from time to time. He gets some wrist injuries. I wonder what the deal with that is. He's just I don't know. Fragile. He just does, like he doesn't I, like to play through pain. He's I don't know. But he's he's had a track record of that. Fantasy golf people steer clear of Oosthuizen sometimes yeah. uh, because they feel like he might not finish, which is the, right. the kiss of death. Well, why they say that he won't win, or at least why Alan Shipnick says that he won't win, is just as noted above. He's he's made a habit of coming close but not winning. Like you said, he withdraws from tournaments. He's very hot-cold. That's probably why I would be hesitant to put any money on Louis. Yeah, um, I mean, it depends on the odds, of course, but but uh, there are other people I'd bet on. Those made-up odds have him at 10 to 1. Please. That, that seems crazy. Please. Um, Adam Scott's the next one they have. Why he'll win. He might Hottest win. player in golf this yeah, year. Yeah, that's right. He's playing great. Uh, already has a win at Augusta. I can't see anything wrong with the case for him. Why he won't win. They have him at, uh, he's putted superbly. Without his little broomstick putter, um, confidence is still a work in progress. I disagree with that wholeheartedly. I, disagree. I totally disagree. I um, think he's I think still, as confident as ever. He has a great chance of winning this year. I might put him. Uh, I definitely put him in the top five. I might even put him number three. Mm-hmm. With Day and Bubba, yeah, yeah, agreed. They have him as made up odds at three to one. Silly, Rory. You can before, always win before, I read, before I read anything, let me hear your thoughts on. As of right now, the, the way it seems, finishing second in Doral, coming close but not winning. I don't think he played an I No, no, he played in this last weekend's Bay Hill, but he went something crazy like 75, 67, 75, 66. Or, yeah, something crazy that's like that. the Rory deal. He always is prone to a high number and then a low number. He's not as good at avoiding the bad numbers right. as Tiger, for instance. I mean, who who is? But... Rory is the most talented player in the game, but he also seems to kind of fall out of focus while he's, to me while he's playing. I, I would agree with that. And uh, there are players who are close to him in talent like Day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't think he'll win. I mean, there's, there's a ton of pressure on him to win the Masters every year because of the career Grand Slam. So if Rory ended up winning the Masters, 
if I had asked you right now, would you be elated if he won the Masters or would you be confused? I'd be elated. Okay. I like Rory. Okay. I think he's cool. I like that he speaks his mind. I think he and Spieth are kind of similar Yeah. in I certain ways. Sure. Although Spieth is, uh, you know, not sleeping around. And balding at, a, fa- at a far more furious pace. Yeah, Rory's got too much hair and Spieth has too little. They need to find <laughs> a way to Goldilocks that shit. But... Uh, you know, they, they both are kind of um, open-minded. They speak their mind. They're they're very good with the media. Sure. I like I love the press conferences from both of those guys. I I really hope it develops into a rivalry. I hope so too. They're both a lot more interesting than Jason Day to me. I like Jason Day, but he's boring. Right. Um. And Jason Day is an extraordinary golfer, but something about Rory is just a little bit more seductive. He's got a little more edge. I mean, Jason Day... He's Jason got the, Day is he's a got big athlete. He's, he's a big athlete. It's like, it's a little less special than a guy like Rory who's... he's Now he's an athlete. He's he's in the gym all day and he's doing Nike ads all the time. He's fucking but, shredded. But he's 5'11 or 5'10 and like 165 or 70. Mm-hmm. Uh, pound for pound, distance-wise, uh, you know, Charles Howell third, Rory... Those guys are are the best at right. converting weight to distance. Sure, Jason Day is is a, a beast of an athlete. He's, he's not he, like he could Tiger very well be a professional but he's athlete right up in there. A, numerous sports. Yeah, he could be one of those rugby guys who's fast, or who knows right. what he could do. I don't know if he's tough, but uh, and then Spieth is just totally different in terms of the the style of play, right. which I love. That's great, but. Uh, so Rory, lots of variety in the game right now. There is, but Rory, you know, Augusta has a way of uh, luring you into trying stuff, and mm-hmm. then you pay for it a lot. Sure, it's it's not that penal. There's not a ton of hazards there, but there's shaved banks. There's bad spots to miss, and you you do wonder a little bit whether Rory can resist that. Uh, th- what you say in Rory's favor is that Augusta, you know, he's played well there before. I mean, he was about to win uh, four years ago or whenever right. it was, and then he, he shot 80. Uh, but well, but it's, an, it's a guy, it's a, it's a golf course that really benefits distance, and it's a golf course that has a lot of eagles out there, and he's a right. guy who makes eagles. And he can make, I mean, the last four tournaments, the last four Masters that Rory's competed in, his, uh, he's finished 40th, 25th, 8th, and 4th. Over the great. last four years, so he's improving. He's improving, which yeah, he's shaking with a grain of salt. But it, it he's shaking off the legacy of that eighty, right. and of course, he won the U.S. Open right after that, so right. he shook it off immediately. Rory McIlroy could win any tournament that he entered because sure. he's the best player in the world. And he's but Jordan Spieth is the best player. Rory at his A game is better than anybody else at their A game. That's right. Okay, he is. Um, he will win the Masters eventually. He might win it this year, but. There are so many players right now who are playing well, and uh, I just with, can't with give so Rory many other players playing well. It's just hard to fathom him besting those other guys that have proven that they can play within the very recent. Field. It wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if he won the Masters, but right. I can't see favoring him over about five other guys. Right. Well, Alan Shipnick, you know, when he references why he won't win, it's he says that it seems like McElroy. Like loses his concentration for that's nine right. holes somewhere in that's the tournament, right. and does. that's going to end up costing him. That's exactly right. Yeah, um, if he can keep it together for four days without you know having a catastrophic seven, eight, nine hole stretch, like you said, I 
I'd almost be relieved. I'd be very happy if Rory won the Masters, but my money's still on Jason Day and Bubba to do it. You get a sense a little bit that Rory, he, he really is competitive, but he's just not as, as intense. Yeah. He has other priorities. He's kind of a, a normal person in a lot of ways, who's just an extremely incredible golfer. How but dare he? And, and he, right. And, and of course, you know, he's, you've, we've seen all the dedication in the gym and practicing. He's, he's super dedicated. I yeah. don't mean to, to cast aspersions, but there are some guys who, who hate losing so much that it makes them want to kill themselves. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like he's one of those guys. Uh, Spieth is one of those people. Yeah. Um, Tiger was definitely one. Tiger's one of those people. Uh, Mickelson's not one of those people. Um, He loves winning, but he doesn't hate losing. Uh, Jason Day, it seems like he's not one of those people either. He loves to win, but he doesn't really care that much about losing, I think. Uh, There are very few people who are are just nasty Mm -hmm. about the thought of losing. Zach Johnson's one of those people. Sure. He hates it. And... uh, and Spieth. Which is so Spieth interesting Spieth because Zach most... Johnson looks like such a loser, but <laughs> y- you would think he'd be used to it by now, but he's he's such a stud. that Fucking I'd... guy wins a lot. Fuck yeah, he does. He's great. And Spieth, hates... Spieth is the losing hater of all losing haters out yeah. there. It makes him furious, and uh, he gets a little nasty and testy. Um, that's why he's so good, is because of his mental strength. Totally. So. Totally. Well... There are turkeys walking around right outside the window of the studio right the now. The Golf Guide offices here in lovely Santa Rosa, California, are littered with massive turkeys. That turkey is huge. By the way, remind me, I, there, there's something I want to reference about turkeys. In a, golf, a round of golf that I played this past weekend where there was turkeys rummaging about the golf course. Rummaging? The, no, they were just, it was it was awful. They were... They were Scouring through all messes and, and uh, cuts of grass throughout the golf course, trying, trying to, you know, prove themselves to be quite a distraction. Where one of the gentlemen in my group was just a matter of inches away from tagging one of them right in the throat, oh. and and providing us with a very nice, sensationally well, tough and gamey dinner. Well, let's transition to that. Where were you playing? Uh, I got a chance to go out and play Richmond Country Club. Oh my! This past weekend. Very interesting golf course. Now, uh, count me as one of the people who's a little surprised that Richmond has a country club to begin with. Right. And uh, oddly enough, one of the um, members who I spoke to on the phone, who is a prominent uh, news broadcaster here in the Bay Area for ABC7, um, he, when he was talking to it, he said that being in Richmond and being in the zip code of Richmond is likely the best and worst thing going for the country club. In that it's great because it keeps the dues low. It keeps the vibe at the country club extremely casual, which I found to be wonderful. I mean, of all the private clubs that I visited, it was the least hoity-toity. I mean, it, everybody was very real in the fact that they weren't pretending that they were more important than they really were. Um, but it's also the worst in that they it'll be challenging them for them to ever have a truly elite reputation and... Um, demographic of people coming from affluent areas all over the place um, that want to come play golf in Richmond. That all being said, really, really fun golf course. Short, 6,500 yards from the tips. Um, can't play any bump and runs. They, It's Kikuyu grass, which just is a lot like Bermuda rough in that it just gobbles up golf balls the moment that it makes impact. Gobbles like, tur- like a turkey, right? 
like a turkey. And there were go- there were turkeys all over the golf course um, that I thought was kind of cool. I mean, I see golf- turkeys here at work all day long at the golf guide offices. I see them, you know, at my home in downtown Santa. They're, they're all over the place. So Wild- wildlife on golf courses is great. It's wonderful. It's part of the greatness of I golf. Like turkeys, deer, you know, various flying mammals of sorts, you know, rummaging around the golf course is great. Bats. I, bats are chill. Yeah. Bats are, <laughs> we'll bats are chill. Um, but anyway, Richmond Country Club was great. They they invited me out. Their membership director, um, Rose, who was unbelievably lovely. Um, she was just fantastic. She invited me out because we're doing a story for the uh, upcoming issue of Golf Guide Magazine where we're profiling all of the private golf courses around the Bay Area and the different incentives they're providing for people under the age of 40 to come out and become a private club member. So that's something we'll get into a little more detail in one of the upcoming podcasts. But uh, yeah, she invited me out to come interview a couple of their young executive members. And uh, we ended up playing 18 holes and it was it was awesome. It, it was really fun. I got my ass kicked because anytime I got around the greens, I like to play, you know, bump and runs. Can't do that. The Kukuyu grass just shit all over my golf ball every time I got within five feet of the putting surface. Um, there are greenside bunkers short left and short right of every single hole on the golf course that hug the putting complex by just a matter of feet. Uh, I think in 18 holes, I wound up in eight different greenside bunkers. I hit zero greens in regulation despite it only being 6,500 yards. You're kidding me. I'm not kidding. You hit zero greens in regulation? I, I put it on the fringe several times, but small greens yeah. with lots of greenside bunkering. I mean, I got to tell you, that's terrible. Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> it was unbelievably terrible. I mean, I granted, I didn't play well. So it, it's not like I went out there and I played a good round of golf. You and played I got, nicely the last time we played together. I didn't play that much worse than I did when I was there. But the difference was that the greens were small enough and the greenside bunkering was tight enough to the putting complexes that I was, you know, I was 10 yards off of the pin. Not of the green, of the now, pin. did you play the course with the membership director? membership director? I did. It was me, her, one current member and a prospective member that uh, went out and played together. Very nice. We had a great time. Um, I ended up shooting... 11 over on the front nine, nine over mm. on the back nine. Yeah. I had, two, I had two pars all day because I literally missed every single putt between five and 10 feet. Sound like me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that being said, I had a lot of par putts that were between five to eight feet, and I missed every single one of them. Yeah. I made a par on one, and then I made another par on 13, and then I lipped out or burned the edge on nine other par putts throughout the day. So is this a golf club or is it a country club with wider amenities? It is a, it's a country club. It's it's called Richmond Country Club, but it is very golf centric. Is there a restaurant? There is a restaurant. There's no pool. There's no. I mean, people who join this club. Tennis courts. Uh, not to my knowledge. I don't believe there was tennis courts. See, I don't need that. Fantastic golf facilities in that. Not only do they have the 18 hole golf course, but a full driving range. There's no limitation on clubs you can hit. You know, you're not going to reach the end of the driving range. Uh, practice putting green, two practice chipping greens, Great. and a full practice hole. Really? Practice par three hole. That's great. I mean, if you're a golfer um, and you live in the Bay Area, ideally probably in like Marin, East Bay, or the city itself, um, if you're a young executive member, 
it's probably as good as a deal you'll find in the Bay Area. I mean, we're, we're going to profile this more in the article that's going to be in the upcoming issue of Golf Guide Magazine, but I'll go into a little detail for it right now. If you're under like, 35 years old, there's no initiation fee. No initiation fee in like 300 and you know, 30 or $340 a month to be a full-on member, which gives you unlimited golf, unlimited use of the practice facilities. One of the junior executive members that I spoke to played 120 rounds of golf last year. If he did not have a private club membership, I mean, the guy saved thousands of dollars by becoming a member at a private club. Think about that for a second. That is wild. The, the, the simple concept that joining a private club will save you money on golf is incredible and it, it's kind of a testament to Richmond Country Club and a lot of the clubs around the Bay Area putting together junior executive programs that entice and incentivize you know younger people like us who are in their late 20s early 30s to join because if you play a lot of golf joining a private club is actually a hell of a fucking deal um, and everybody that I met there at Richmond Country Club was very nice despite me shooting like a broken piece of dung uh it was great it, it was a very lovely day on the golf course and uh yeah it was really nice if if i lived in thanks, marin thanks for inviting me yeah you're welcome <laughs> if i lived in marin because it's, it's only like a 15 minute drive from san rafael if you go over the richmond san rafael bridge gotta pay that toll you gotta pay the toll but i mean like if i lived in marin or if Just i lived anywhere in the east bucks. bay yeah i would join sure i would totally join well if I would, if I didn't work for a golf magazine where I got a dick load no. of free golf anyway, right? Yeah, I I would definitely join. I mean, it's 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 definitely the, worth the, it. The it, price is very reasonable. Again, we'll go into this more in another podcast yes. where we really go through it. But if you're under 35 or under 40 and you play a lot if of you golf, play enough golf, it's, you should really yeah. consider and look into private clubs in your area because there's a good chance that it'll actually end up saving you money by going to play the same great golf course. If you hit. A hundred buckets a year, which is pretty reasonable for a guy who has golf as a priority in his life. Yes. At a lot of places in the Bay Area, that's going to cost you $1,000. Absolutely. 800 to $1,000. And you ready for this? This golf, Richmond Country Club, offers a practice membership. $100 per month. Unlimited use of all of their practice facilities. And you have access to the golf course for like their guest fee for a couple of rounds a year. That's not a bad way to go. But but very the very access cool. to the uh, practice facilities and the range as a an aspect of membership mm -hmm. that is a whole financial benefit that uh, a lot of people might not even think of. Sure. At the end of the day, if you're a serious golfer, there's no way around paying a couple to several thousand dollars a year for your golf. Right. Between the fees at the course and your equipment and instruction and transportation and totally. food and the whole thing. So you got to really sit down and look at the finances of it and wonder whether a private club actually will save you money. And in many cases, at least for the people that do play several rounds of golf per month and probably, you know, flirt with playing... 75 plus rounds of golf per year which i'm we all we all aspire to I, that. i'm not quite on pace to do i think my handicap says that i've already logged 11 18 hole rounds or equivalents this year which is so low. you're on pace for 50 ish 40 50 ish it should be a lot more it should um but th that's with a couple of nine hole rounds that have then been compiled so I pr i've probably been out to play golf 15 to 20 times so far this year 
but still, that's not enough. It's no, never enough. It's terrible. No number is never enough. <laughs> I don't know. You lost me with the double negative stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. So I'm looking forward to the uh, thorough analysis that you have done of the uh, club memberships around the Bay Area, Northern California. And uh, I think that we're envisioning a podcast where you run those by me. We discuss mm-hmm. it. And we will uh, go that, into every club in the Bay Area that offers to, a junior executive membership in detail in one of our upcoming podcasts. So it's going to be news you can use. <laughs> Damn it, I just got a hard on. Yeah, <laughs> that's that was, right. <laughs> that was beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> news you can use. You can use. Oh, that is beautiful. Well, speaking of things you can use, let's transition into our maybe our last segment. Who knows? You know, we kind of do whatever we really want on this podcast, but uh, it's leading me into a question that I've been wanting to ask you. Um, I brought it up briefly before we started, but now I get to ask you in detail where we get to really dissect and uh, kind of think about our answers here. For So take just a moment here, for just a second, okay? You ready? Yes. So the question that I want to ask you, that I'm going to pose to you, I got our publisher Rick's answers, but I'll throw it to you as well. And this is one that I saw online that was in the the golf chat, hashtag golf chat um, thing on Twitter. But it was such a good question because it made me think about my list. And it it, it, it was thought-provoking and it was really fascinating and I had a lot of fun thinking about it. So I'm going to pose the same question to you. We are residents of the lovely one country haunt of Sonoma County. We reside in the state of California. If I had to ask you, Kasem, give me five golf courses that you've never played but are at the top of your wish list within the state of California. What would those courses be? I have my answer. I have my publisher Rick's answer. But I'll hand it to you, and you don't necessarily have to give me the list. Boom, 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 boom. We can discuss this a little bit. There's some courses that are seemingly at the top of everybody's wish list. You know, we we live in California, the most populated state in you know in the entire country. So the chances that the people listening to this living in California is much more likely than it's pretty much one hundred percent than living in any other state in the country. So yes, we, we can. I have a question for you. Sure, not to interrupt. No, please go ahead. Is likelihood of being able to play there? A factor that I should consider. I will throw because this because some there. golf courses, you know, you save the money or you're making a good living. You just pay the money and you play it. And then there are some that are obviously private and highly exclusive. Should that be a factor in my analysis, or should I treat them all just as golf courses? You can treat. Th- I would treat them just as golf courses. However, since you did bring that up, it's worth noting that for my list. All of them are private because I know that. Because you ignored what you just told me to do. Right. However, <laughs> the the public courses on my list, all the ones I really truly would want to play, I've either played already, or they're just below these courses on my list. Okay. You know, like Tory Tory now, Pines is not on my list, but that's because I'd rather play all the five courses that I listed before I'd want to play Tory. Fair enough. Okay. Let me embark. So on the, on the list, and if you can't think of it, we we can we can hash this out. We we can I think I can. 
I think I can. I mean, like Thomas the Tank Engine. Like Tom the Tank Engine. Old Tom the Tank Engine Morris. All all of the courses that I listed are all private. Let me so begin, please. I will maybe order these at the end. Okay. I think I'll be able to order them. Sure. Riviera. Riviera 1. Riviera. Or, or just uh, in the top five somewhere. Riviera in the top five somewhere. Okay. This is in no particular order. It's a super order. cool golf course. I always had a big heart on for it when I lived down in L.A. Mm-hmm. I love that kind of style of golf. It's also on mine and our publisher Rick's top five list as well. So that is a phenomenal answer. It's a good start. That that when, when you watch those guys play the Northern Trust Open, you just watch with a fucking boner that's just nabbing you in the chin because it's just, you're just so chubbed I've that got you a, just can't you can't help but just want to be on it there's a seven inch, on the golf course. a seven inch bunch up going on <laughs> when you watch that tournament <laughs> uh okay number two mm-hmm. it's tough because california keep in mind california has almost a thousand golf courses is that in true it. 900 and something golf courses. It I used would, to have over over 1,000, but with all the course closures that have happened over the past couple of years, it's just under, but still, almost 1,000 golf courses. I have a hard time believing it's that many. Over 900 golf courses in the state of California. That's incredible. Number two, or the second one. Not sure. Number two. Um, the lake course at the Olympic Club. Absolutely. Now, w- one thing I referenced to you before we started this is that a lot of people that I've talked to who want to go play the lake course at Olympic, they want to go play because of all the tournament history there, but then they play it and they don't have any fun because they just get their fucking dicks kicked in. That's how I feel as well. Yeah. Now, I'll get my dick kicked in and have no fun. But you'd still it you'd still prefer to play that over maybe potentially more fun golf courses. How can I say no? I, I don't know. I I would love to play the lake course at Olympic. I've never played it before. I I would love to. Aren't there foods well, I don't know. What's a good analogy? Aren't there things that you want to try desperately that you know you're not going to enjoy? No. There are. Who the fuck wants to do that? Have you ever had absinthe? Yes. It tastes like poison. It was awful. But you had to do it, right? I guess I can say that I've had ab- tasted absinthe. Okay. I, your point is, you know, that I, I understand. Okay. So, the lake course at the Olympic Club. Two of your five courses that you haven't played before. But yeah. you would really, yes. really yes. like to go play. Yes. Num- the third one. Okay. Cyprus. Duh. How are you going to not say Cyprus? I mean, that is number one on my list. I, I have mine actually put in order. Yes. Cyprus is certainly number one. It is not on our publisher Rick's list because that asshole has played it before. <laughs> <laughs> and I shouldn't say asshole because we do share some DNA. He is my father. I'll, I'll cut him you some know, slack. You know, plenty of people's fathers are assholes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, if you haven't played it before, how could you not have Cypress up there? I mean, it's consistently ranked one of the top you know, five it's, courses in the entire world. It's a somewhat it, beautiful piece of land. It's moderately nice. There may or may not be seals. The person who designed the golf course may or may not have said that it's the single greatest parcel of property that anybody was ever given to design a golf course on. But that's, you know, that's neither here nor there. That's, you know. Okay. So, Cyprus, Riviera, the Lake Course at Olympic Club. You've got two more. Yes. Now, here is where I have to dip into ignoring the line between private 
and you know public. Sure. Uh, spyglass. Spyglass. Because okay, I have walked the whole course as a caddy, mm-hmm. and of course it's much more accessible than the courses that I've just brought up. Right. But in terms of golf quality, if I had to pick five to play, it has to be on there. Sure. Because I have not played it before. Sure. And it is extraordinary. It does look pretty nice. Yeah. I was considering putting it on my list, but then I thought of a couple other golf courses that I just think would have been more fun to go play. Mm, I don't think so. Rather than getting my ass kicked at Spyglass. Spyglass is a lot of fun. Yeah. I I can see that. I mean, not not to say that it's not fun. It, It looks tremendous. I've walked it. It's a spectacular golf course. Now, if you played the tips, it would be a different story probably, but... In terms of difficulty... Trust me, you don't have to worry about me playing the tips at all. That is is not going to happen. In terms of difficulty, I've played uh, Bayonet, which is a wonderful golf course down in Monterey. Sure. I wouldn't say that Spyglass is is particularly harder than Bayonet. Mm -hmm. It's very fair. Uh, Not a ton of obscene hazard areas or forced carries or... You know the the greens are are fair. It, it Spyglass is a very fair test, but it's just tough as hell. Right. Um, undulation. Sure. It's similar to the Olympic Club in terms of what really is the test. The greens are not big. Uh, they're bigger than the Olympic Club actually, but mm-hmm. uh, it mostly has to do with the uneven lies, the thick air, the balls going nowhere. The the seventy one hundred yep. the seventy one hundred yards plays like seventy five seventy six hundred yards. Sure. So, but but it is a, a wonderful golf course. Anyway, that's got to be on my list because okay. I've got a fascination with it. What should be the fifth one? Well, if you're struggling to think of a fifth course, I'm not struggling. I've got well, some thoughts. I know you've probably got just, several it's, courses. It's, it's about there, but picking one over the others that really is making it hard for me. Well, here's here's my question to you, and this this is not me necessarily challenging the last course that you said, but. I have to throw it out there. Now, from my understanding, you have not played Pebble Beach yet, correct? That's right, and that's certainly one of the candidates. So if you had a choice and somebody said, Casey, I'm taking you out for a round of golf, but just one. We can go to Pebble or we can go to Spyglass. You choose. Because you said Spyglass first, I would take that you know, I understand that to say that you would probably rather play Spyglass than Pebble. You know, you know, you should be a lawyer. That's a very smart way to go into this. Thank you. So, with this assumption now right here on the table, would you rather, having not played either one, would you rather play Spyglass than Pebble? Let's let's think of it this way, okay? Let's think. Okay, go. Let's say there's two hot chicks. Oh, I mean, speaking chicks. from your perspective. Nice. Not from mine. Okay. <laughs> And one of them is a 10. She's the hottest chick. There's nobody hotter than her. Right on. And the other one is a 9.3. Far out. Totally great. My odds are good. Now, the 10 is uh, some chick. Okay. Nobody knows who she is. Sure. The 9.3 is uh, a movie star. Okay. Who are you going to bang? The 10. She's hotter. And so I would play Spyglass before Pebble. Wow. For that so, very reason. So for you, Spyglass, just the thing is, 
there may be some people that, you know, depending on how many people actually end up listening to this, they'll be like, oh, Cage, what the fuck, man? Like, Pebbles, Spyglass is better than Pebbles. It's like, you know what? It's, it, fuck, it's fucking subjective. I'm not about it, to argue that. Every, everybody, no, no. But the thing is, there's no right or wrong answer. I mean, the, the thing, the, of course. the great part about golf courses and golf course architecture is it is completely subjective. Golf is just like a woman. Yes. <laughs> Very beautiful yes. in different ways. Or a smooth, well-shaven man. <laughs> well, I don't know. Well-shaven. <laughs> Who needs that? Um, there, there's no right answer. If if you if your personal preference, if, if spyglass suits your eye more so, then that's awesome. I, 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 I just wanted to ask and, and really see if, in fact... If you had to choose between the two, you think Spyglass would probably be your choice? Yes. Okay. That's that's awesome. It's a better golf course. Okay. Fair enough. I like that. But now that leads you to have a fifth course. I should just say Pebble because <laughs> we just talked about it. Uh, <laughs> now, granted, one of the courses, I'm, I mean, I'm giving away my top five here, but one of my top five courses you've already played, and that's probably why it's not on your Is list. Is that Los Angeles Country Club? That would be L.A. North. It's a really cool golf course. Mm-hmm. It definitely is cool. Sure. Um, you know. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I'm not sure that I would rather play it again than play a few of these other courses, to tell you the truth. Sure. Um, it It's very cool. It's similar to Riviera. Yeah. Probably just a, a little bit under that quality. A tish below Riviera. Yes, a tish. Okay. Um, you know, we're going to get to see what it looks like under major conditions sure. in a few years, and that's going to be a nice showcase for it. Is that true? LA it's, North? It's got, I think, the U.S. Open or the PGA coming up. Say what? It does. You heard about that. I didn't hear anything about this. It's coming to LA North. You're breaking fucking news to me in the middle of a podcast? LA North is hosting, I believe, the I believe it's the PGA, but it might be the U.S. Open. What? Uh, in 2021? 2020? Good Lord. I don't know. It's going to be... By the way, it's going to be... I'll have to look. Fucking sick. L.A. Country Club to host the 2023... Oh, there we go. All right. U.S. Open. U.S. Open. See, this, how great is that? That is going to kick ass, I man. am going to splooge all over my pants my friends, the walls of my office, the golf course I'm currently playing. That is, I'm going to get my fucking shit together. So by the time 2023 is rolling, I'm going to qualify for that motherfucker. Sure you are. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's, how about let's buy a ticket yeah. and go watch it because... Um, <laughs> that might be easier. <laughs> LA, LA is a cool fucking city. It's really cool in the summertime. Sure. Let's go down there and catch a Giants-Dodgers game and then go to the U.S. Open. Dude, that and sounds so awesome. I have gotten down to my skivvies in the locker room there, right next to President Reagan's locker sure. room. And uh, hit on you know, the driving range and the driveway. It is right in the absolute fucking middle of the west side of Los Angeles. That's so You incredible. could not get more... St- it's like if... There if, could not be primer real estate in, this, in the city of Los Angeles. It's like if the U.S. Open... That, that, no. L.A. Country Club occupies. It would be worth $20 billion <laughs> if they sold it for the land value. Not even exaggerating. That's and, fucking insane. And it would be like if a gol- if the U.S. Open were played in Central Park. God, it's fucking crazy. It's it's literally that oh, incredible. So, awesome. so that's great. Man, that's going to be so... This is a, a promise to you and to all of our listeners right now. 
We will be at the 2023 U.S. Open. We hope you join us. When I played there, I hit a horrible slice on a par <laughs> three, and it went right into Lionel Richie's patio. <laughs> so it's a lot of fun to play there. You're not shooting me, are no, you? No, it really happened. I probably hit Nicole and <laughs> made her smarter. <laughs> oh, that is fucking incredible. No kidding. Yeah. Really wow. Man, that's awesome. Well, so the fifth one. You still haven't answered your fifth course, though. Christ. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of really yeah, good well, options out there. Think about it here. I mean, if you even if you just think about Monterey alone. Well, you're right. There's Pebble. There's Monterey Peninsula Country Club. You already I, said I d- Cyprus. I do. The Preserve. I do. Tehama. I do think that the fifth one is Pebble. Okay. In all honesty. Yeah. Come on. That's It is a really good golf course. Yeah. It's got a ton of history. You get to share memories about it with all the other people who've played it. People all remember the times they've played Pebble. It's a golf iconic location. How can't you say Pebble? Totally. No, I I agree. And it's funny because I I don't despise Southern California. Like I wouldn't want to live there if I had a choice between Northern California or Southern California. I just think the vibe in Northern California is a little more relaxed and I enjoy living here more so than I think I would in Southern California. But three of my top five courses are in Southern California because I've simply just played less golf down there. And there are three courses that stand out to me as just being so unbelievably superb that I I want to get in on that uh, it ended up occupying the majority of my top five. Now, we do, let me see here, because you've already played one, we did have two of the same top five, and we would have had three if you hadn't already played LA North. Okay. Mm -hmm. I actually have mine in order. Well, look at you. (laughs) I'm a fucking loser. Showing off. (laughs) I'm a loser. What can I say? I, I have time to think about this kind of thing. Number one is obviously Cypress Point. I mean, that's my number one too. I mean, that's it. It'd be hard to argue that there's any course in the state that's better because you know even all the golf experts, all the different you know big time publications who rate golf courses, um, they they will all tell you that of all the ones that I've chosen, that that's likely the the best one of the group. You know, let's go further. Sure. Let's say you, you something real terrible happens and you you have to kill people. Okay. And you committed murder. Okay. And you know you're gonna get caught. It's, it's like all a, it's all over for you. It's a typical Wednesday. Go for it. You're you're gonna get arrested and fuck that. So <laughs> you might as well kill yourself. What I would do in that circumstance, the God forbid, <laughs> I would put my golf clubs in the trunk of the car and I would just drive to Cyprus and I would just go play. I would I would go drive right through the gate. There is no gate, by the way. I don't care. I'm, I'm not encouraging anybody to do this, but there is no gate. You go out there. It's on seventeen you, mile drive. It's you're, thirty yards off the road. It's you already just drive right in. Over for you. Go play. Act like you've been there before, and get as many holes in before the police come arrest you. Yeah, that's the right move. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, <laughs> how do you of, how do you like that scenario? It's great because Cypress is one of the few places you could probably do it. Because I hope that they won't even prosecute you for it. I hope. Me saying this is not going to ruin it and have them install gates, but there's no gate to get into Cyprus. I, I, I delivered Golf Guide magazines there maybe only about a month ago, 
Um, they carry Golf Guide magazine. They certainly do. That's great. They absolutely do. Um, you drive right in. You park in the parking What's lot. What's their young professional membership? Um, I did not inquire because they're not technically a part of the Bay Area. So I was. Uh, I, I, I did not look. However, one of the other clubs that's probably of a similar caliber in terms of its exclusivity, I'm assuming they likely don't have a... Young executive member um, membership option. But anyway, I digress. Cypress is clearly the number one. If I was on death row and I was about to go to jail for the rest of my life, I would certainly immediately drive to 17-mile drive. Probably wouldn't start on number one because it's right next to the clubhouse. I'd probably just park on the side of 17-mile drive, walk right to the number two tee, and just go and forego the first hole. Um. Yeah, so Cypress is one. Number two, and this is where some people may wonder what the fuck I'm doing. This is not on a top 100 list, but it's probably the one that I'd want to play the second most. The Valley Club of Montecito. Mm. Another Alistair McKenzie design. Down in Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara in the Montecito Hills. It is, by all accounts, just one of the most spectacular golf courses that anybody... that, that, That exists. I mean, it, Cypress Point, Pasatiempo, Valley Club, Montecito. You want to hit your top three in California? There you go. I get a real warm feeling just thinking about the prospect of I mean, that's a, I, being I, at that golf course. I've been lucky enough to play Pebble Beach, okay, uh, and, and and a lot of other really nice golf courses all over the world. And it's tough for me to still argue that Pasatiempo is not one of my favorite golf courses ever. And to think that people that know more about golf than I do say that Cypress and the Valley Club are probably better than Pasatiempo. I have to go. That's that's as simple as those. I'm an Alistair McKenzie fanboy, and yes. I, I want to play his best tracks as my... Hey, I've got an idea for you, by the way. Lay it on me. If you have a... First of all, this would work for a daughter, but if you have a son, <laughs> Alistair McKenzie Serlo. Wow. Those are not good. A, those are good names, right? Not a bad idea. Or even Mackenzie Alistair. Mix it up. I can call my first son Al. <laughs> That's great. Mackenzie is a popular name for boys and girls, especially girls. For girls, it's actually not a bad idea. So Mackenzie Alistair Serla. Good idea. I Don't, hope. Doesn't that sound nice? I hope that the love of my life, who has been calling me repetitively throughout this podcast. <laughs> Uh, is is on board with that because I think it's a phenomenal idea. Don't even tell her that that's why you like it. Just do it. <laughs> Say it's your favorite name because of your grandmother or something. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right. I, I, I don't want to waste any more of your time, so I'm going to jump right into my third one here. Riviera, third. Yeah. Seems to make sense. Number four, San Francisco Golf Club. Mm-hmm. Right there on lovely Highway 280 in South San Francisco, right before... San Francisco turns into Daly City. Um, Tom Doak recently, you know, in the last couple of years, went in and redid all the bunker. It's, I mean, everything that I hear about it, it's supposed to be spectacular. It's ultra exclusive. It's nearly impossible to get onto. Can't even find the way in. I, I know how to get in. Well, you know. I know. Trust P- me. People don't. Let's, uh, next time we head southbound on 280, you come yeah, with when's me. When's that going to happen? Well, We'll, we'll pull right in and see. Oh, and then maybe right. we could do the same thing. You know, the same thing you were talking about with Cypress, where we just drive right <laughs> in and just tee off and just see what happens. Yeah. Anyway, San Francisco Golf Club is fourth after Cypress, 
Valley Club, Riviera, and then LA North would be my fifth and final item on the list. Um, 2023 U.S. Open host. I will say the Peninsula Golf and Country Club was a close sixth, even though I only asked for a top five, but the only Donald Ross design west of the Mississippi being right there in Silicon Valley in the foothills, kind of overlooking Santa Clara, San Jose. It just looks awesome. I would love to go play that one as well. That's, that's But anyway, Cypress, Valley Club of Montecito, Riviera, San Francisco, LA North. Those are my top five. And all of them private, so maybe that's just like my top five private rankings because most of the good public golf, at least in Northern California, I've played. And those are probably, though. yeah, that's my top five of those that I have I not. respect that. I respect you. Our publisher, Rick, he had his top five. He has played Cyprus, so he's automatically an asshole. Mm-hmm. But his top five is Riviera, Green Hills Country Club, which is a private Alistair McKenzie course in Millbrae near the San Francisco airport. Wonderful choice. LA North, the Lake Course at Olympic Club. And finally, he actually put Del Paso Country Club in Sacramento, host of the 2015 U.S. Open as his fifth and final course, which I think is a admirable and nice change of pace selection for 2015 this. 2015 U.S. Open? Senior U.S. Open. There you go. Yeah, sorry. Please. I apologize. Yes, the 2015 U.S. Senior Open is what he put down. So any any big-time courses that we left off the list or any of our three lists that probably should be... I mean, obviously, it all depends on the courses that you've played. But Go, go ahead and yell at us. I, I'll i give up Kyle Serlo's uh, personal phone number, <laughs> uh, and then you'll be able to call it during our podcast. <laughs> And you'll be able to criticize our our content from the previous podcast. Uh, That's going to happen soon. Yeah, that, that not my be, number though. Yeah, that would be that would be nice. And any well, see, the thing is, it it all depends on what courses you've played already. But you know, other courses that should be up there at the top that didn't make our five list, but are courses in California that you absolutely should play, are obviously Pebble. You know, it was on your list. Spyglass, Pasatiempo. Hmm. If I if I hadn't already played Pasatiempo, I would assume that would be on the top of my list. It it barely missed my list. Sure. And the only reason why is because there's so many primo buttery courses that have to come before it that I just haven't played sure. because of the lack of funds. Right. El- Olympic Club Lake Course would have been a, was close to you know, just missed out on my list. And I don't mind getting my ass kicked. Yeah. I get my ass kicked on a daily basis by Beautiful. by existence. Mm. So I might as well get my ass kicked by a golf course. Fair enough. Um, Trump LA did not miss my list. Don't give a fuck. It's <laughs> falling into the ocean, right? It's it just don't it's care. It's nice land that it's on. Just don't don't care at all. Well, you know, he has Turnberry. Um, Bel Air Country Club is supposed to be nice. Our our friend Chris Jackson worked there for two weeks. <laughs> Wasn't it more than two weeks? Like two no. months? No. It was really two weeks. It might have been less than two weeks. No kidding. Yeah. He got a job there promptly and uh, just didn't want to do it, I guess. Fair enough. I hear it's nice, but I don't know. Um, it's nice, but it's it's a little short and a little bit cramped. I hear Ojai Valley Inn, the mm-hmm. resort, um, mm-hmm. has a really great golf course. Um, it's a George Thomas design, the same guy that did Riviera. and um, you know, He designed one in the Ojai Valley. It was supposed to be really beautiful and, and wonderful. Hmm. Um, Del Paso and, you know, 
in Sacramento would be pretty cool. I mean, Ricky probably was on to something there. Some of the nice private clubs up in Tahoe. Right. Would be pretty nice as well, like a you know, a Martis camp or something else like that would probably be pretty nice. I do love that mountain golf. Yeah, mountain golf is nice. Hitting the I, ball I'm super, super far. However, Very masculine feeling. On the opposite side, before we wrap this thing up, um, we actually have uh, a new golf course that we're going to be adding to the Golf Guide store here in the next week or two that I'm really it's excited exciting. about. It really is. Um, Furnace Creek Inn and Golf Course. I like it. In Death Valley, California. There's an inn? There was a very nice hotel, which is really actually pretty luxurious, casual, but like luxurious in Death Valley in, in like the national or state park or whatever it may be. And it has an 18 hole golf course that sits 214 feet below sea level. Ball's not going anywhere. The, the, from I, I had a discussion with the head golf professional there who helped me gather some information so I could write a small little 200 word write up on the golf course for the next issue of the magazine. And he's saying minimum of one club added to every shot on the golf course. Now, how did they build a golf course in a national park? I I don't know. That, that, that doesn't th- seem like it's that it, easy. It may have been grandfathered because, I mean, it's I it, it was built in like the 30s. Oh, okay. That I mean, it, it, it's 80 years old, the golf course is. So that I mean, makes it, sense then. Um, but it would be fascinating to play golf down. I mean, sure really really fascinating just to see what the ball looks like when you here's it, my thought just, or just the lack of flight that it would get after you hit it it would it would be fascinating here's my thought i'll finally have an excuse for hitting it so short <laughs> so i'm looking forward to it I, i'll finally not feel bad about it oh <laughs> uh, that's perfect well on that note short balls <laughs> Anything else you want to add before we say bye to all these beautiful people for the week? No, it, it, it was just a wonderful experience. It's been too long. So hope you all enjoyed it, and we will talk to you soon. Please look forward to one of our upcoming podcasts. It'll be about the Masters. We are going to have an And it'll be about, yes. It'll gambling. Be, yeah, yeah. Masters Let's, preview likely next from week. From a couple that, of losers who don't win money, we're going to tell you how to win money uh, that we can't win. Don't let this man fucking lie to you. We know how to win shit tons of money. This and is the <laughs> And then we're going to talk about young professionals memberships. I don't know if that'll be the same podcast or a different one. But Likely we are different going to... podcast, but in the next two weeks, we're going to have a great Masters Preview podcast. We're also going to have uh, where we go over the article that's going to be in the upcoming issue of Golf Guide Magazine, where we kind of preview and kind of really go in depth into all the private clubs in the San Francisco Bay Area that are offering uh, memberships to people under a certain age, usually under the age of 40, uh, that we want to share with you to kind of hopefully I should encourage clarify. you to go join somewhere. Um, I should clarify. You sure. don't need to be a young professional. You just need to be young. <laughs> if you have if you have family money or you just found it on the street, that's perfectly fine. Yeah, you don't need to actually be a professional. Absolutely or have any, you, you, right. You might have no skills at all. You might be contributing nothing to the world. But if you have the money... These are memberships Do that are available to, to you based on your age. So we're going to talk about that. Absolutely. So we got that coming up. I'm really excited. Obviously, our favorite golf tournament of the year, the Masters, is coming up in two weeks. Um, we're not 100% sure on this, but we're talking and trying to get something in order where we can have daily recaps of each round of the tournament happening. Um, so that's something we're really excited about. I can't guarantee it's going to happen yet, but I think um, we're putting together the, you know, all of the elements that would be necessary for us to have a daily recap and full master's coverage when it comes around in that first full weekend of April. So stay tuned for that. But 
Um, got some cool stuff in the mix here. I'm, I'm excited. You're excited. It seems like. Um, yeah. Everybody, you're beautiful. And, Thanks for listening. And you know, I'm gonna just throw one thing out there. We're, we might have a hottest LPGA and PGA players podcast coming up. That'll be in the distant future, but. Keep listening. There's exciting just, stuff just coming up. Just keep listening. You never know what the fuck we're going to say. On. It's, it's going to be great. It's going to be wonderful. Thank you, Kyle. All right. Kasem, you're beautiful. Everybody, thanks so much. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Golf Guide Podcast. Thank you so much, all you glorious, beautiful more than satisfactory humans for sticking around and listening to the golf guide podcast once again i just want to encourage you to go and visit golfguide.net save 20 to 70 percent on greens fees at courses across california find the golf you need at golfguide.net thanks so much everybody we'll see you next week